Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. He said it in John 5.40, John 5.40, You will not come to me that you might have life. And when he said that, he could feel his pain because he really wanted to give them life. He really wanted to give Israel life. And he just, it was just an amazement to him the depth of the prejudice that they had against him. And they couldn't bring, him, bring themselves to come to him. It's like a, a person once told a pastor in the Philippines uh, who told me this that the person said, I would rather go to hell than to go to Jesus. That prejudice against the Lord is so deep, and that's what broke the Lord's heart. It just broke the Lord's heart when he said in Psalm 81, 13, Psalm 81, 13, oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. See, in those words, you can feel the pain. You can feel the pain that the Lord was, was saying when he said, I so much want to subdue your enemies to the Jewish people. I so much want to give you the, the finest wheat or honey out of the rock. But you, can't, you, 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 just, you, you, you just can't get over your prejudice against the Lord. Now, <clears throat> In verse 10, Jacob did not see, un, did not say, I should say, he didn't say this. Unto him shall the gathering of thy brethren be. He didn't say in verse 10, unto him shall the gathering of thy father's children be. And that would have been meaning that only the Jewish people would have been gathered to him. Which is why in verse 10, he said, Unto him shall the gathering of the people be, because the response of the Jewish world to the Lord Jesus was not the response of the Gentile world to the Lord Jesus. They did come to him. They were gathered. And that's what he said would happen in Isaiah 66, 18. Isaiah 66, 18, where he said, I know their works, their thoughts, it shall come, that I will gather all nations and tongues, and they shall come and see my glory. And then it says in Isaiah 60, verse 3, Isaiah 60, verse 3, the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. And then it says, and then it says in Isaiah 11:10, Isaiah 11:10, in that day there shall be a root of Jesse which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek and his rest shall be glorious. I mean, these are, these, these are pictures that we have of, of the Gentile world 
coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, which shows that God wants to save the world. And as a matter of fact, it's coming. It's not yet, but it's coming. That, that so many Egyptians and Syrians or Assyrians will be coming to the Lord Jesus that they're going to build a highway for them. As it says in Isaiah 19.23, Isaiah 19.23, in that day there shall be a highway out of Egypt to Assyria, and the Assyrians shall come to Egypt, and the Egyptian to Syria, and the Egyptians shall serve with the Syrians. And that day shall Israel be the third with Egypt and with Assyria, even a blessing in the midst of the land, whom the Lord of hosts shall bless, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, mine inheritance. Boy, that shows that God wants to save the world. And instead of a title of, like you said, of Isaiah 53.3, despised and rejected of men, instead of that title, the Gentiles will call him in Haggai, Haggai, um, Haggai 2.7, 2.7, when he says, he says, and I'll shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory. See, there he's got the title of the desire of all nations. Now, he goes on, Jacob goes on in verse 11, and Jacob describes what's going to happen when this occurs, when all the people, including the Jewish people, are gathered to the Lord Jesus. And, and he says in verse 11, about Shiloh is going to, binding his foal unto the vine, his ass is colt unto the choice vine, he washed his garments in wine, his clothes in the blood of grapes, his eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. Now, a vine is a very delicate thing, and it's easily destroyed, and it's easily pulled out of the ground. You would never tie any donkey, baby or whatever, to a vine. You, you never would do that, and you would never, you would never tie a, a, a donkey colt, a colt, a young donkey, to a choice vine, unless you didn't want the vine anymore. But so, but when the people of the earth are gathered to the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be such a tremendous blessing on the earth that the vines will be so incredibly strong that you could tie a little baby donkey or a young donkey to the vine, and no worries, it will not be uprooted because it's so strong. And as far as washing clothes goes, you would never think of substituting grape juice in place of water because obviously the grape juice is more precious than water. But when the people of the earth are gathered to the Lord Jesus, there's going to be such a blessing in the harvest with the grape juice is going to be so plentiful that you can just use it instead of water. It's going to be so much of it. And in verse 12, the, 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 it, it talks about, now in verse 12 it says, his eyes are red with wine, which, which kind of gives a connotation that he's drunk. <laughs> this is not the Hebrew word for red, I have to tell you. This is a Hebrew word for sparkling, for sparkling. So it, it really is, his eyes shall be sparkling from wine. And, and, it, and it shows that, 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 that the wine from the grapes is going to be so beneficial that it's going to make the eyes sparkle. As a matter of fact, it has been discovered now that there is in red wine a substance called resveratrol, resveratrol. And it has been demonstrated to prevent the growth of, of abnormal blood vessels in the eye, in the eye. So you, you can, maybe this is it, I don't know. But, but don't go out now and buy a bunch of wine, <laughs> red wine. All right. Now, when, when the people come to the, to the Lord Jesus, milk is going to be so helpful 
that it's going to turn the teeth white. You don't need those whitening strips anymore. All right. So, so these are the nine visions that Jacob saw when he came to Judah. First, that the seed of the woman, the Lord Jesus Christ, is going to come to Judah. Second, that the Lord Jesus will be praised by the Jewish people. Third, that the Lord Jesus would defeat his enemies. Fourth, that the Lord Jesus would be worshipped as God by the Jewish people. Fifth, that the Lord Jesus would be like a lion with his prey in regards to judgment. Sixth, that the Lord Jesus is going to come at a time before Israel formally abdicates rule to another country. And, and, and seventh, that the Lord Jesus is going to be called the, uh, the Shiloh, author of peace. And then eight, that the Lord Jesus is going to gather all peoples of the earth to himself. And then finally, in ninth, that when that happens, when the Lord Jesus gathers all people to himself, there's going to be such a tremendous blessing in agriculture and livestock, milk production, everything. Okay, that's, so that's what he sees. He's very happy. Jacob. All right, now time for the next one. So Jacob now turns to his next son, Zebulun, and he says in verse 13, Zebulun shall dwell at the haven of the sea and shall be for an haven of the ships, and his border shall be unto Zidon. So first thing Jacob sees is that the tribe of Zebulun are going to be mariners. They're going to be mariners. Well, you know, there, there's no indication that Jacob or any of his sons had any boats, you know. <laughs> I mean, but he sees this. Maybe, maybe Zebulun liked to play with toy boats. In the, I don't know. Anyway, he sees that Zebulun is going to have good seaports to live in. And that Zebulun is going to, with his ships, expand his business. Not that the Jewish people ever do that, but anyway, that's what Zebulun's going to do. And Zebulun, with his ships, is going to expand all the way up to Zidon, which was the chief city of the Phoenicians. The Phoenicians. The Phoenicians were also known as the Sea Peoples. The Sea Peoples. And Zebulun is going to get this, this land. Now, as a matter of fact, Zebulun did get the land from the Sea of Galilee all the way across Mount Carmel, all the way across to the Mediterranean Sea. So he had great ports. He had Haifa. He had, but anyway, they had Haifa, and, and, and he had the ports that was really good, and he had the, the, on, the, on the Sea of Galilee as well. Now it's interesting about how Zebulun ended up with that great land with those ports and then and that expanded up to Zidon because it didn't happen until hundreds of years later after Jacob said this. But it's interesting how they got these seaports because Joshua was the one who divided up the land. And Joshua, Joshua, Joshua was the one who said, you get this land, you get that land. But Joshua was the one who assigned from the Sea of Galilee to the Mediterranean Sea. Okay, that goes to Zebulun. But the interesting thing is that Joshua did not make this decision. And how the decision is described in Joshua 18.10, Joshua 18.10, where it says, and Joshua cast lots before them in Shiloh, before the Lord. And there Joshua divided the land unto the children of Israel according to their divisions. So what Joshua did is he cast lots, like drawing straws, to decide which tribe should get what land. 
And for Zebulun, it says in Joshua 19.10, Joshua 19.10, the third lot came for the children of Zebulun according to their families, and the border of their inheritance was unto Sarah, and their border went up toward the sea. So from this casting of lots, Zebulun got the seaports. Hundreds of years before that happened, Jacob sees that Zebulun is going to have the seaports. So what was this all about? This was God. This was God. It wasn't Joshua sitting there saying, oh, you know, I'm, uh, we got it written down here that Jacob said, okay, Zebulun, you, Jake, you, Jacob said you get the seaport, so I guess you get that. That's not how it happened. But what happened through the drawing of, of lot, the casting of lots? And it, and it shows us the truth of Acts 17.26, Acts 17.26, where it says that God has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell in the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God is the one who decided that. All right, now, that's Zebulun. Now, now, now um, Jacob turns to Issachar, Issachar. And he says about Issachar in verse 14. Issachar is a strong ass, couching down between two burdens. And he saw that rest was good and the land that it was pleasant and bowed his shoulders to bear and became a servant unto tribute. So, when Jacob sees Issachar, he sees a donkey that's struggling under two burdens. I, 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 I can relate to this because uh, in Ethiopia, they, you know, it's not Mack trucks, it's donkeys. They carry loads. And, and in Scandabites, Ethiopia, we actually had a donkey. We named it Nachos. Actually, Diana Huerta named her Nachos because she's from Mexico. But anyway, that was the name. Anyway, and he was used for carrying burdens. But we were careful to never overload the donkeys the way the Ethiopians did. I remember seeing a donkey one time that they were putting these huge rocks one right after the other uh, uh, for the donkey to carry. And I saw the donkey collapse under the load. It was really something. Because donkeys are everywhere in Ethiopia. I mean, one day a person was driving our only vehicle, which was a, uh, a Toyota 12-passenger van from, from Scanabodies up to the capital, Addis Ababa when out of nowhere, a donkey jumped out in front and our, and, and, and our van hit the donkey and killed the donkey. Well, you know, when that happens, suddenly, out of nowhere, a crowd appears <laughs> and the owner of the donkey, who knows if he really is the owner, but he says he's the owner, appears and, 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 and right on the spot there. And, 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 uh, and when this happens, then the, the owner immediately sets a price for the donkey. And he demands it from the driver, which, of course, the price was way too high. So the driver says, no, the donkey wasn't worth that. So what happened? The police come, and they put the driver in jail. And, and then we had to come and, and pay the money to the donkey owner to get our driver out of jail and to get our, get our van, our van, which took over a year to repair. And it's still not right. We had to buy another van. Anyway. That has nothing to do with very much about this, but okay, it's interesting. All right, so Jacob saw that Issachar was like a donkey carrying great burdens. And Jacob said that Zebulun, Zebulun, Issachar, he saw that Issachar saw that rest was good and the land was pleasant. So what, what Issachar observed was that, you know what, it's just my land is great land I've got here. It's best to stay on my land, work the fields. He just loved the outdoors He, he in working his field. He didn't want to leave the fields to go into business, to go to, to, to have life in the city. I mean, Issachar just saw that all of that is just an exhausting 
the way to spend your life working in the business, but, but the fields for him were rest. And, 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 and so Issachar loved the land, and he saw the land was pleasant, and it would yield an abundance of fruit, fruit and fruit. And so he bowed his shoulders to carry the harvest. Now, at that time, you could either go into the army or to war, or you could pay a tribute money and, 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 and not go. And so Issachar preferred to become a servant to tribute and not leave his land for war. And also he became a servant for tribute to his land. He's a homebody. He chose the country life. He wanted to develop his land. He bows his shoulder. He becomes burdened down into the load. And three times Jacob is emphasizing here how Issachar is bowed down in verse 14 as a strong donkey under two heavy saddlebags is bound down. In verse 15, his shoulders are bowed down. In verse 15, he became a servant to his work. So Issachar is just obsessive about getting his land just right. So much to the point where Issachar becomes a slave, whether you view it as with the army or, 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 or to his work. He becomes a slave to his work. And if, if, if Issachar was your neighbor, and you know what you would be seeing? He would be out painting his house every year. <laughs> he would be meticulously manicuring his landscape. Because Issachar is all about work, 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 no time for God, no time for family, no time for others, only time for work. Issachar is a perfect example of the third ground Christian in Matthew 13.22. Matthew 13.22, which says, He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. So he hears the word of God. He understands that he's, i got to change my life. But he says that i got to take care of my own needs first. I, got, I have a dream of getting rich, and it chokes out the voice of the Word of God in his life, and he chooses work, work, work. Anybody ever known anybody like that? <laughs> so we have to be, be very careful. Beware of the Issachar spirit, and remember, God first. God first. That's why I have on my desk and the desk of some of our managers at work a little plaque that says, right at work, the Lord Jesus Christ first. Let's keep on. Okay. Now, he comes now to Dan in verse 16 17. Jacob comes to Dan, and he says, Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path, and biteth the horse heel so that his rider shall fall backwards. What does the word Dan mean? Judge. It means judge, right? Judge. This is what makes what he says here so, so interesting. In verse 16, he says, Dan shall judge his people. Really, what he's saying here in verse 16 is, judge shall judge his people. <laughs> now, there were no judges that came from Dan. I mean, uh, uh, <clears throat> the, who judged over Israel, unless you want to count Samson, who was of the tribe of Jan, Dan as a judge over Israel, but he was too busy with the women, the Philistine women, to judge Israel. But Jacob did not say, that Dan would judge Israel, or Dan would judge his brethren, or Dan would judge his father's children. Jacob said that Dan would judge himself. He'd be a judge over himself. Dan shall judge his people. And it was during the time when there were no judges in Israel that Jan judged himself. But also during the time when Jeroboam had split off from Solomon and had those ten tribes separate, that that. Dan and Jeroboam made a decision that Jan, Dan judged the Jeroboam's decision, terrible decision, 
was acceptable when, when Jeroboam uh, wanted to put in Dan a calf to worship. And we read about that in 1 Kings 12, 28. 1 Kings 12, 28. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, It's too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And he set one in Bethel, and the other put he in Dan. And this thing became a sin. And the people went to worship before the one even unto Dan. So he put two, two out there, and, and nobody went to the Bethel one. Everybody went to Dan. It was bad. So... Jacob sees that Dan is crafty, that he is skilled in subtlety, and he has the art of surprise. And he describes Dan as a snake, not just any snake, an adder, very poisonous snake that lies in, 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 in secret places. The adder would maybe lie in, in the rut that the carts would form in the road. There'd be an adder in there and the tracks of the carts. Adders will hide in the grass along the roads. And they're very dangerous because they lie there and they, they, they wait for the horse to come by. And then the adder works by the element of surprise when the, the adder is so clever because uh, he, he, instead of meeting the rider and the horse head on face to face with the adder might get killed, the adder hides in this unseen, and he strikes the horse's heel, and he, and he injects this fast-acting venom and causes the horse to throw the rider. Uh, <clears throat> now, that's not really a great thing to call your son, <laughs> you know, an adder in the way. But Jacob has to call it the way he sees it. Okay, so, that, so that, that, that's where he is so far. Boy, it's amazing that he didn't die in the middle of saying all these things to his sons, but he, he didn't. He made it. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you spoke through Jacob in this blessing of his sons. And help us, Lord, to hear your voice and incorporate what you'd have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, 
Creation Museum and Tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Grow deeper in God's Word with the Friendship with God King James Version Study Bible prepared by Tom Cantor. This genuine lambskin large print study Bible features the history of Israel, full-color timeline and maps, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah, prophecy and fulfillment study, Hebrew root notations and definitions, the life study of Joseph, and so much more. Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. 